Welcome to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast, where we support women who are attempting to find balance and joy while simultaneously leading people at work and at home. I'm your host, Leanna Lasky-McGrath, former tech exec turned full-time mom, recovering perfectionist and workaholic, and certified executive coach. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am so excited to be talking with Erica Music. Erica is an athlete, an educator, a mother of two, a speaker, an author, and the first in her family to earn a college degree. She has an incredibly inspirational story of resilience, which she is so kindly sharing with us today, and I can't wait for all of you to hear it. We covered a lot of ground in this episode because Erica's learned so much throughout her journey, and there are so many valuable things that I think all of us can learn from her. I think one of the things that really stuck out for me is that Erica is an incredibly strong and resilient person, and she also recognizes the importance of surrounding herself with a strong support network. She recognizes that she can't do it all on her own. And she talks a lot about how we need to build our own army. I think so often we believe that we have to do everything on our own. And maybe it means something about us if we can't, that maybe we aren't strong enough if we need help or support, or maybe it somehow doesn't count. And if these are any beliefs that you're holding... I think that you'll probably really appreciate some of the reframes that Erica offers today about not expecting yourself to do it all alone and how it's actually good to have a support network. Another thing I found so inspirational was how when Erica set a goal for herself to complete her degree as a working mother after being away from college for a long time, she figured out how to make that happen and she did not let anything stop her. And I was really reminded of the power of intention, of setting a goal and not letting anything get in the way of that, of making a promise to yourself and sticking to it no matter what. Because when we make promises to ourselves, we should keep them. We often think that the promises we make to other people are the ones that we should keep, sometimes at the expense of our own promises to ourselves or our own boundaries that we've set. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't keep promises to other people, but I do believe that the promises we make to ourselves are the most important ones to keep. Erica often shares her story in her motivational speech titled, The Hurdle is Never Bigger Than the Finish Line. And I honestly walked away from this conversation feeling like I could take on the world. And I hope that you do too. So enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Erica Music, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. She and I are going to be having a conversation about resilience, which she will share through her story and what she's learned. So hi, Erica. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Can you start off just kind of by telling everybody a little bit about you? Oh, absolutely. Of course, again, my name is Erica Music. I was born in Rancho, Illinois, but I was raised here in Lexington, Kentucky. I am a mother of two children, 21 and 16. Um, my daughter will graduate college this year. Yay! Yay! And my son, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and then my son is a junior in high school, so I almost got one out, another one out the house. <laughs> I'm also an athlete. I have three state titles when I was in high school here in the state of Kentucky two for cheer, one for track. I currently also play 
adult co-ed flag football as my current therapy. I do oh. that on Sundays. So Sunday's all about <laughs> football for me. I absolutely love it. I'm also an alum of the Tennessee Titans uh, Cheerleading Association. I did I cheer for them for three seasons. So I'm an all-around athlete, high school, collegiate, and professional. So I got to uh, experience all of that side of life, which is a blessing. Mm-hmm. I'm also an educator. I've been in the field of education for 11 years. I'm currently assistant director for regional recruitment for Campbellsville University. I'm also an author. I uh, co-author a a book, From Letters to Leaders. It's called From Letters to Leaders, Leveraging Your Fraternity or Sorority Experience to Land Your Dream Job. I was blessed with this opportunity to write a chapter, which is titled, How Your Time Management Skills Will Help You in the Workforce. As being a professional speaker, I was um, granted the opportunity to be a part of um, a speaker's bureau called Greek University full of dynamic speakers, a group of wonderful people all over the United States. Uh, they talk about various different topics on college campuses. So this uh, we are currently on our third book that came out. It's currently on Amazon. So that is an amazing opportunity. It's my first time got, getting to write. So that was huge for me. I cried when it came out type of thing. Mm. That was always mm-hmm. like a big goal of mine. And to achieve that was amazing. So that was a little bit about me. Erica, wow, you have quite the list of accolades. I mean, (laughs) I know it's been a long journey getting here and really the theme of your journey has been resilience. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I have a program that I called uh, this title, The Hurdle is Never Bigger Than a Finish Line. And that is my story to resilience. It began back when I was in high school like I said, I was a, a high school athlete and um, being a high school athlete was, that was a blessing within itself because it was more of a natural talent. I had people that were really, you know, that were really rallying for me. And then you get to college and it's like, oh, wow, what do you do? I mean, both my parents did not, didn't get a college degree. So I was, I came from the single parent household, first generation. So when I started college in the University of Louisville, I was as a D1 athlete, I mean, the world was given to me, you know, it was like, you know, 6 a.m. practices, you know, you get to go here. So I'm just trying to say there wasn't a lot of guidance. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. And that's where my story really begins. Um, With that, um, I got a lot of extra freedom that I was not used to because my mother was very strict, which was nothing wrong with that. I just came from a strict household because she was a single mother. But those freedoms, liberties, let's just get a little vulnerable. I ended up beginning, uh, becoming a college dropout after being a D1 athlete. I just could mm-hmm. not handle the pressures of all of that. That was my own fault and my mistakes. But I used that to leverage how I was became a Titans cheerleader. I knew that was something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I knew college was a sometime thing. I knew it was something that was forced on me. I knew my parents always wanted me to go, but I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity as a D1 athlete, like, hey, you know, it's like, how can you fail out of being a college D1 athlete? But it happens. Yeah. It happens when you don't have the guidance. And so that's, that's really where my story began, but that's not where it finished. Mm. So, you know, I, I failed out of college, but I used that to do something else. I ended up moving to Nashville and I ended up trying for the Tennessee Titans and made it and cheered for three seasons, which opened other miraculous doors for me. So that was an amazing experience within itself. But even that had its failures, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you you don't make um, people think you make all this money being a a professional cheerleader. You don't. The the football players do, but not the cheerleaders. And so you still have to have, you know, your own job and things like that. So at that time I was married. Um, My marriage failed. So, you know, not only did I fail out of college, but I had my first 
divorced and, you know, became a single mother. And so that's how life really began for me. You know, I was becoming a single mother and working odd in jobs. I was like, okay, this isn't working. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What can I do to make this work for me? You know, I am a smart person, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. how do I end up in this situation? How do you get yourself out of this? And um, I ended up having to move back home to Kentucky from living to Nashville. And I worked at Kentucky State University. So I think what I'm really curious about is as you're talking about you dropped out of college and you, as you described, your marriage failed. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, you know, you had been a star athlete, a D1 athlete. So I guess I'm just curious, like at that time, and it was a long time ago now, but how was that for you kind of experiencing those kind of setbacks Mm -hmm. whenever you were so used to success and high achievement? You know, that's a good question. And no one's ever asked me that because that really digs deep. (laughs) And I appreciate (laughs) that. That's what we like to do. Yeah, and I appreciate (laughs) that question. And the the reason why I appreciate Mm -hmm. that question is because let's just be honest, that was a really hard time for me. Um, That was probably one of my darkest times because you're right. I I was so successful in high school and, you know, you're given all these accolades and it's like, you know, you're you're always on top, on top. And then when something goes wrong, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm. What happened? What did I do wrong? So I always like to look at myself. And and that was really hard because when you're at that low point, and I was low, I was down and I was a little depressed sometimes. I mean, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. depression comes with that because, you know, when you're so high and then you get so low, how did you pick yourself up from that? Yeah. And I would have to say, I had a very strong foundation. My supporters, my group, my family, my army, as we say, those are the people mm-hmm. that want, that don't allow you to stay down long. And it also taught me how to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I would like to piggyback on that a little bit later, but I always felt that it's really important to have certain people in your life because these certain people in, that were in my life really held my hand when I needed to be held. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you always need a comforter. Someone that, you know, that's trustworthy, that, you know, is not going to go back and tell, you know, your secrets to, you know, no matter what, they're not going to judge you. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on. They will always listen. Okay. I have that particular person in my life and she's my best friend. I call her my soulmate because she sometimes knows what I'm thinking before I even think it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, this is what's going on. And no matter how crazy or how, you know, whatever is going on, she's like, hey, she's calm. She keeps me calm. Mm-hmm. She and she lets me know that everything's gonna be all right, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really appreciative of my comforter, but I also have a confronter. And that confronter is the person that always tells you when you're wrong. Because I'm not always right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, you know, we always think that we're <laughs> right about something. It's like, you know, you always want to rally people to be on your side, but that's not gonna help you grow mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. So my confronter always she she'll listen. She'll tell me now, Erica, now you know you was wrong. Or Erica, you was a little bit too dramatic on that. Now, Erica, look at it from this perspective. And you know, mm. and, and that's a hard pill to swallow when you're trying to look at someone else's perspective because it's like, man, I was wrong. I did overdo that. I need to apologize and make it right, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that's a really big thing um, that I'm learning even today to to do, you know, to to always have somebody yeah. tell me when I'm wrong. Because mm-hmm. I'm not always right. 
And, you know, I'm an Aries. Let me just put that. I'm an April Aries. <laughs> and if anybody knows any April Aries, we're very strong. And we always think that we're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not. We're not. And that's a hard pill to swallow. So mm-hmm. um, I've learned, you learn to say, uh, I'm sorry, and to make it right. Mm-hmm. I, hold you, I need someone. That's your, your confronter is a person that holds you accountable. Okay. Mm-hmm. The challenger before, which is a mentor of mine, he's the person mm-hmm. that pushes me. I always have a, a, a different circle of people that I know that's a goal of where I want to be, mm. you know, like, Hey, this person owns, you know, all the businesses. So they're an entrepreneur. They, they know finances. That's where I lack. So I have friends that do that. And I know that they can push me. They can learn. I, they challenge me to be better because mm. I see where they are. So I want to follow their lead to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to let me settle that. And that's the wonderful thing about that. And my counselor. Yes. I believe everyone needs a counselor. I've had my counselor for years. <laughs> counseling helps you heal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, counseling helps you heal from those wounds that you not you didn't know that were open mm-hmm. that you keep clicking, you know, keep bleeding. You know, I'm like, why? Why do I keep putting myself in these same situations, these same scenarios? Because you haven't healed from the past trauma of whatever happened to you before, mm-hmm. and that's what my counselor is there for. Okay, I know for a fact that I am a people pleaser. I am also, I need validation and I'm a yes person. I know Mm. those things about me. Does that necessarily mean they're bad, but they could turn bad. Mm. But my counselor has taught me, okay, well, what's the root problem? Why did you feel this way? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm not so quick to say yes, just give me a moment and let me think about it. Mm. You know, I don't feel like I always need to be validated or I always need to be a people pleaser because I'm good enough type mm. of you know type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you also need somebody to celebrate you. You know, someone's going to be like your cheerleader because I'm always that person for someone else. Obviously, I'm a natural cheerleader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been doing it my whole life. However, I need someone to cheer me on, to mm. share my victories with. That's going to hype me up, you know, be my, my, my number one fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's clever to have all of those type of personality traits. Now that that You know, those personality traits can be all in one person or it can be in multiple people. For me, it's multiple you know, which mm. is how I create my army. And that's how I create my groups of friends that those are really my friends, my support. And those are the ones that are going to support me no matter through life. And those are the people yeah. that got me through the dark times. And those are the people that will continue to get me through the dark times. Mm. And that's why I'm so heavy about, Hey, find your army, whatever that looks like, find those people, those core group of people and ride it out with them as long as you can. You know, I yeah. do believe there, there are certain people that come and go in your life, but there are people that are there for you for a lifetime. And I'm blessed yeah. to have those people. So, yeah, that's amazing. And I love that the comforter, confronter, challenger, counselor, and cheerleader. And I guess I know what our listeners will probably be thinking is like, I don't have all those people in my <laughs> life. How do I do that? Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, especially I think as a person who believes that they can do anything. Mm-hmm right? Which many of us high achieving women do. How do you kind of acquiesce control over that? Right. Or like to say, Oh, actually I need these people too. Right. Like I can't do it all by myself. How, how do you find kind of the, the strength and the courage to admit it to yourself? Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes like actually leaning on people is harder for us than trying to pretend like we can do it all by ourselves. (laughs) It is because as a woman, we carry so many different hats, bags, or however you want to describe Mm -hmm. that, but we carry it all. 
I'm, I like Superwoman. And I literally have mm. a, a picture of myself as Superwoman on my desktop because mm-hmm. it reminds me, hey, you know, I can do all things, but sometimes you have to take the cape off. Mm. And that comes with delegating. Okay. I can't do it all. There's only 24 hours in a day. And, you know, setting a night, sadly, as a mother and as a, you know, worker or a speaker, you know, I work a full-time job. I have to map out time for myself specifically on my calendar. <laughs> mm-hmm, and, that, and that's mm-hmm. crazy, but I know that's something that I have to do for myself because if not, I would run myself rampant because I'm such yeah. a go-getter and I feel like, you know, like I said, I'm a people pleaser. So if somebody tells me to do it, oh, I'm going to get it done immediately because I'm mm-hmm. efficient and I, and I like to do things that way. But also because I don't like to say no, I know I'm like, okay, I, I like to set limits and boundaries to myself. Mm-hmm. I know, for example, let me give you an example, Fridays. Fridays are football days for my son. My son is very active. He's an athlete as well. And he has his football games Friday night. I know to make my Fridays light and I try not to travel on Fridays because I know for a fact I'm going to be at my son's football game. I'm not going to miss it. So that's a, that is a boundary that I've set for myself. That is a boundary that I've told my job. And that is a boundary that I stay clear to. I eat Chick-fil-A. They do it. <laughs> you know for a fact <laughs> Chick-fil-A is closed on every Sunday. That is a standard. That is a boundary. No matter what, they will not be open. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is important for women to set those boundaries, set those standards. Like, hey, Yes, I am mom. I am a worker and I, I am a worker bee and I can do with all things. However, I am a mom. And sometimes you also need to set time for yourself mm-hmm. and whatever aspect that looks like. For me, I like my monthly massages. Now, yes, that's just, <laughs> that is an hour out of the month that I am treated for myself. Yes. <laughs> I, put my phone on, I put my phone on do not disturb and that is mm-hmm. an hour for just me. And, and, that's, and that's just once a month. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Some people do more. That's what I can afford. And that is all I need for me. Mm. But to go back to your question, you said, well, how do you find these people? You know, I think likeness attracts likeness. Mm. I'm all about manifestation and, and things like that. And I know what I needed and, you know, whatever your higher being is for me, I believe in God and he brought those people to me and, you know, but also I believe that likeness attracts likeness. If you go after like-minded people, like-minded people will mm-hmm. find you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you put mm-hmm. yourself in those circles and you network from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm huge. I'm a big believer of networking. And that's mm-hmm. how you find those people. Put yourself in those situations. If you want to become an educator, okay, then go to certain programs that speak specifically for the things that you're interested in. Put yourself mm-hmm. in those situations. If you want to become a business person or a, a, an entrepreneur, Get yourself around different successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself in those situations so that they're, so for one, you can network yourself. Mm-hmm. For two, you can learn and get new mentors. And, and that's how you grow. Yeah. You know, you grow off of people that you don't know and you learn from them. And then they can learn from you as well. It's a back mm-hmm. and forth, it's a give and take. But that's how you seek out those people. You put yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. It could be uncomfortable. You have to step outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Stepping outside your comfort zone is what leverages you to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I highly I agree with the monthly massage. Same here <laughs> and highly recommend it. And I don't think it's crazy that you block time for yourself on your calendar. I think it's necessary, especially for when you're living by your calendar. If it's not on there, you know, if you kind of have that mantra of like, it has to be on there to get done, then put it on your calendar. Of course. Absolutely. I, I recommend that to clients all the time who are having a tough time carving out any time for themselves. 
And I, I agree because that was myself and I live and die by my calendar. As a matter of fact, if it's mm-hmm. not on my calendar on my cell phone, then it, it also needs to be on my physical planner because I like to write as well. Mm-hmm. I have I like paper. I know don't, people don't kill me, but mm-hmm. I have to have a physical planner. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has to be on both of those calendars in order for me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do. I put time for myself within my calendar, whether it's after work or doing work. Yeah. You know, I take that time off because, you know, we are granted vacation time, people. Let's mm-hmm. use it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yes, I, I really do. Be, and I realize if I don't do that, then I will neglect myself. Yeah. And then I start overwhelming yeah. myself. And then I start put, mm-hmm. adding more on my plate. And I'm like, why am I so overwhelmed? Oh, it's because you're not taking care of yourself, Erica. Yeah. You know, and with me being mm-hmm. overwhelmed, you know, then you don't take care of your body and then you don't, then I, your eating's off and then your family dynamic is off. So it throws all of that off. Self-awareness mm-hmm. and boundaries are really key to me right now because when we, when I was at my low points, I did not have that. Mm. And I've learned a lot about myself and those low points about myself. And I'm like, okay, I never want to be there again. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is what I need to do not to get in that, not to be in that mental headspace anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing I'm curious about this finding your army is like, (laughs) you're clearly a high achiever, right? Like (laughs) you like rose to success very young. And so what is your belief about you having to take on everything versus being able to lean on other people? Because I think a common belief for women is like, like superwoman, like you talked about, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I have to do it all Mm -hmm. and nobody else can help me. And if anybody else helps me, then that means that I am not enough or or whatever, right? Like it's like a failing Mm -hmm. almost that I didn't do it all, all by myself. What is your thought around that, that allows you to lean on other people and feel good about that. My mother has always told me a closed mouth don't get fed. So if you don't ask for help, Mm. people don't know to help you. Mm. I even today struggle with that as most women do. As you just stated, we all feel like we can Mm -hmm. do it on our own. And I feel like it's an Aries Mm -hmm. trait because I'm going to ask you to help me once. And if you (laughs) tell me no, it's all right. I can do it myself. I can move the wash and dryer myself Mm. mentality, right? But that's not, (laughs) but again, that's not healthy. And you have to learn to delegate Mm. and you have to learn what levels that you feel comfortable delegating things to. Okay. So I know like, for example, if I have five meetings, you know, whatever, and I know that I can't get to all of that. So who can I trust that's going to do this for me? I think delegation and finding, you know, getting out of the mentality, I have to do it all on my own is finding someone that you can trust to help you do those things with. Mm -hmm. Delegation all comes with a form of trust, you know, and and making sure Mm -hmm. that you know that if I give this to you, that this is going to get done in the manner that I know that's going to get mattered. May not be the way I'm going to do it, but I know it's going to get done type of thing. So you have to find someone that you trust Mm -hmm. that is going to be in your corner that can help you get the necessary things done. For me, I know that I have my go-to person that I work with just for work example. And I know if I can't do it, one of my coworkers can do it. And I, and he's always the one that tells me, just tell, just ask me what you need. Just tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. And then, and I tell him, I mean, that's not my, it's not that other person's fault. If you don't lean on them, they, other people, Mm. at the end of the day, we all need each other. Point blank period. We Mm -hmm. all need each other. We all Mm -hmm. have to support each other. We all have to get through this together. You can't do it by yourself. 
God did not put us on this earth yeah. to do everything by ourselves. <laughs> That's why you have mm. husband and wife. That's why you have partners or however your family dynamic is. But I feel like mm-hmm. we are not meant to do all of this together. That's why I feel like you always have to have an army. Your most successful people, they have an entourage or a group of people, mm-hmm. you know? And so obviously if the successful people can't do it on their own, what makes you think you have to? And mm. you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, let me go back to a closed mouth, don't get fed. People don't know what they don't know. So I ask for everything. You have mm-hmm. to learn. It's it's an ego thing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It, so you have to put your ego to the side and ask for help. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you less of a person. It doesn't make you weak. Actually, asking for help makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Because it's harder. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard. It's hard. And I'm just, you know, when, when I feel like I have to ask for help, I get so anxious about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, seriously, it's a whole mental thing I got to go through. When I when I know I ask for help because I'm like, man, I need I know I need it. I know I need it. But who can I ask? So, you mm-hmm. know, I go through all of these, but then I calm down and I just breathe and I just send my quick text message and say, hey, can you do X, Y, Z? And they say yes. And you know what? All of that stress is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. do we put ourselves through all of that stress? I don't mm-hmm. know, but we do. And it's because I think it's our egos. Yeah. We feel like, you know, well, we always want the credit for everything or we always feel like, you know, that nobody else can do what we can do. They can. Mm-hmm. And they might be able to teach us a faster way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's ego. I think it's also that people pleasing tendency that so many women have that you've described mm-hmm. that you have as well, that it's like, I should be helping other people, not the other way around. A couple of weeks ago, I had someone on the podcast, Miranda, who did such a lovely reframe for um, asking for help. She said, you know, the times that I get the most fulfillment out of life or when I'm helping somebody else. And so why would I deny that to another person? Like I am literally giving them a gift to feel fulfilled whenever by by helping me like why would I take that away and I love that reframe because it's like instead of feeling like you're asking for something you are giving something it's it's an even exchange yes yeah and I think some of the thoughts that you're talking about that you have when you say a closed mouth don't get fed then you're saying like you have to ask like asking is a good thing you should ask there's almost an expectation that you should ask and I think just our default so many times, like our default is just, I shouldn't have to ask, or it means something bad about me if I have to ask, right? It shows weakness or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think when we hold those beliefs, it makes it harder to ask for help. And we have to get out of the, that mindset that asking for help is such, such a negative thing. Right. And right. I don't know why, why that even is a thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. in 2023, there's so many different things going on in the world. We all mm-hmm. need help, right? <laughs> but yes, I, I am a firm believer of supporting and helping because you know I did not make it this far by myself. Yeah, and and no one really makes it far by themselves. You have to create the team, the support. Mm-hmm. You know, all the five C's that I've mentioned. All of those people have came have helped me get to where I am right now. Yeah, and I would not be here without them. I wouldn't even have my mind my right mindset without Mm -hmm. them. So I would encourage anyone, especially women, get the support because we do, we put way too much on our shoulders and we Mm -hmm. feel like we have to do it all our own. And we don't. Yeah. We don't. If there's we're two or three are gathered together, here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do this together type of thing. Yeah. Well, I think anytime that there's something that like all or a majority of a demographic believes, right? Like if all women believe this or Mm -hmm. most women believe this, 
then there's got to be something in our culture, right? There's got to be some kind of socialization that's happening that somehow is teaching us, right? So I don't think that it's like a personal failing. And I think part of that is, you know, I don't want anyone to hear, I should ask for help and then feel like, it's a personal failing that I can't, or that I have a hard time with that. I think that's a really normal Mm -hmm. thing for us in the way that we are socialized. I also really love how you talk about the point that you made about like the people that are the most successful, they didn't get there on their own. Maybe we just assume that they did because we see just their name, but Mm -hmm. they didn't do it all by themselves. They've had help all along the way. So I do think that's an important uh, reframe for people. Because we're not going to get to where we want to be if we think we have to do it alone. Absolutely. Okay. So you talked also about being at Kentucky State and that you had this great boss who saw potential in you. So I think there is another great example of somebody is helping you along Mm -hmm. the way, right? That's an important part of your journey. So tell me more about your journey from, from that place. Okay. I worked at Kentucky State University for the department called Student Support Services. We service first-generation, low-income, or disability students. Kentucky State University has a program, which most colleges do. If you work for a university, you you get free in-state tuition. So mm-hmm. that opportunity was already there for me. But for some reason, I did not put two. One plus one did not equal two. I did not think I wanted to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Going back to school was, I thought, was the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I was a single mom with two kids. I was like, how am I going to make that work? And I'm already working, you know, eight to five all day. And my kids have, you know, after school activities in the, after, in the evening. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how that was going to fit into my life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I want to hear about how did you make that work? So (laughs) luckily I was blessed with the opportunity to have an amazing boss and he never gave up on me. And he was like, why are you not doing your degree? You're so smart. You can do this. And he pushed me. He challenged me every day. He is so significant in my life because he kept harping on me. He's like, you need to go back to school. You need to go back to school. And I was like, I don't have time for this. I'll do it in the next semester. I'll do it next year. I literally kept putting him off (laughs) until the point where he made me sit at my desk. And he was like, you're not leaving this desk until you complete this application type of situation. (laughs) And I did it. I completed I was like, fine. I'll just complete the application. He made sure that I turned in all of my transcripts and everything. He literally held my hand and pushed me, (laughs) pulled me the entire way. And I'm thankful for him for doing that because once I started my classes, like I said, Kentucky State University didn't have a complete online program. So they had some classes that were during the day. He allowed me to, you know, clock out, go take my classes during the day. I also had to take night classes. That was a whole other thing because I had my children. So when I would leave work in Frankfurt, I would have to drive to Lexington, which was like 20 minutes to go get my kids, come back to Frankfurt and go to my night class and bring my kids with me. Mm. I mean, <laughs> you have to do what you have to do because I have already mm-hmm. committed myself into the program. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up. So I have to keep going. And if my kids have to go with me, they did. There was plenty of times that I had to, my night classes, go grab some food. My kids are sitting next to me while my professor's right in front of me doing my classes. You know, you, you stick an iPad in front of them or whatever you have to do to keep them quiet for like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but my teachers were very supportive. I let them know like, hey, this is the situation that's going on. I have kids and they support you. I mean, my, my professors were my friends at that point, you know, because they mm-hmm. understood I'm trying to go back and I have a goal. And I was open and honest with them. I, I turned in on my assignments on time. I was one of the, the ones that sat in the front, but I also had my kids. <laughs> mm. And so that was, and so once it got to the point where I couldn't move on through Kentucky State University because the classes were 
mostly all during the day. And I'm like, I still have to work. I couldn't take fully mm-hmm. advantage of that. That made me transfer to Midway University, which I was able to transfer all of my credits. And, they, and Kentucky State University still paid for my schooling. Wow, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I got to transfer to another school. So I really didn't, still didn't have to come out of pocket, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother blessing. So I was able to f- complete my degree at home and mm-hmm. online was a better program for me, obviously, because you can do it at your pace and, you know, you just do go as you, and I, don't, I didn't have to take my kids and disrupt their life as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, there were times that I was up and down the road. I mean, I had to go to work, go pick up the kids, come back to come back to, to work with yeah. the school. And I had to, and I had to have my kids, kids with me. I was able to finish my degree in 2017. So I was able to finish Yay. my bachelor's degree. I know mm-hmm. in marketing communication which was huge. Uh, my children um, at the time got to see me walk across the stage. And I felt that that was a monumental moment because they got to see their mother, you know, go from struggling to, hey, you know, to walking across the stage. And that within my life showed them the resilience is, hey, you can fail so many times, but as long as you keep getting back up and keep going, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if there's something that you really, really want you will sacrifice for it. And that's exactly what I had to do. Once he convinced me, no, you're smart. You can do this. And he was like, no, once I got accepted into the program, the rest was me. I had to get in there. And, you know, I had, like I said, my professors helped me. uh, My boss helped me. I had my friends help me with my kids. Hmm. I mean, the the children of my father, I was like, hey, I'm in schools. I had, I pretty much had to be open. And I was like, I had to ask for help. I knew I could not do this on my own. <laughs> so yeah. at that point, you know, my back was against the wall. I had no other option. And, you know, and I had a great support system that helped me. And so when I graduated, when I'm telling you, that was that was huge for me. That was huge. Yeah. And I was out I was out of school for 13 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then to finish, yeah. um, that was huge with my bachelor. And I was like crying going across that stage because it's something that, I didn't know I wanted it until I had it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, I went back to school and now my 21 year old is about to graduate because she saw her mother graduate. Yeah. You know, and now my 16 year old, he's, you were looking at colleges, you know, I exposed them to college early mm-hmm. um, because like I said, they had to go to class with me. So they had to be on campus. Yeah. You know? So they got that, co- that, that campus life like early, which you know, some people may frown upon that, but if you really think of it, it was a, that was an amazing thing. Yeah. Now my kids know that college, that is, that's, you know, that's something they're going to do. Mm-hmm. That was something that my parents couldn't afford for me, but that's something I can afford for my kids. Yeah. And, you know, and that's just changing the generation now, you know, and, and, and I've changed my, my family dynamic because of that, all because of one man <laughs> that, you know, that pushed me and, and saw, and saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And now I'm getting my MBA in marketing. Amazing. So that is a <laughs> that is a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm really proud of myself. So, you know, I was able now I'm able to get my master's and and see where that where that leads me with mm-hmm. and how that drives my career. So I'm um, I'm really excited about yeah. a lot of things. And once you get out of this phrase or mindset of you know, asking for help is negative. I mean, I ask for everything now. <laughs> because like, seriously, a closed mouth don't get bad. I ask for everything. I need help over here. I need help over here. Because, you know what I'm saying? We're not put in this world to do this by ourselves, as I stated before. Yeah. I mean, when you say all because of one man, I think it's all because of one man's seeing potential in you, but all because of you. Because <laughs> when you say you had your back against the wall and you had no other option, you did have another option. You could have dropped out, right? Like you could have stopped at any point and you chose to keep going and you chose to do whatever it took to get there. And I think that mm-hmm. 
there's so much strength in making a decision and saying, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that comes from your mental kind of toughness, you know, that you built as an athlete, you know, that you've built over time, overcoming obstacles. And then you were just like, I think some people would say like, I have a night class, but I have kids. So that means I can't do the night class. And you were like, I have a night class, but I have kids. So I need to figure out how to do the night class with the kids. <laughs> and you know, you do, you do. I don't, I think that's the competitive mm-hmm. side of me. That's what you're, you're describing. I'm very, very competitive, you know, and I just use it in a different, <laughs> yeah. in a different mindset of mm-hmm. how I'm, what I needed at that moment. I am very competitive, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. as a competitor, you're going to lose. Mm. you can't win you can't win them all and so you know being an athlete that's what it teaches you it teaches you you know you're gonna fall I mean when I was um in high school I won my state title in 300 hurdles okay now keep this challenge in mind I'm five foot hurdles are tall but I still won state you know doing Mm -hmm. something like that so that is a huge challenge and I didn't win all my races Mm. I mean I came second third last in a lot of my races but when, you know, I never gave up and I kept practicing. I kept, I stayed in the lane that I knew to mm-hmm. be in, you know, I, and that's another thing. Oh, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, staying in the lane that, you know, because you know, what works for someone else may not work for mm. you. You know, you can try it. And if I was like, okay, well that didn't work. Let's try something else. It's the point of not giving up, mm. but you know, what works for you may not work for me mm-hmm. it, because you know, we all have our own journeys. We all have our own backgrounds and we all have our own lane. That's what I like to call it. But, you know, staying in your own lane and, and, and finding what your drive and your niche and what's going to keep you pushing through, that's how you overcompensate for your failures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Staying in your lane, see what works and what doesn't work, you know, because you're not going to be successful every time. Mm-hmm. But all you need is that one time. <laughs> to get you through, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what pushes you through. So, you know, you may fail 15 times, but that's 16 times if you're successful. Okay, that's, that's your stepping stone. So let's keep trying something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps pushing me. That's the competitive side of me mm. that I like about me. You know, it's a, it's a good and a bad thing, <laughs> but you know, you have, I'm a very positive person and I like to stay positive because the world is full of negative things. You know, the world is going to come at you re- regardless. Mm-hmm. Life is going to happen. Life is life thing. But if you stay positive and keep, you know, and what didn't work for you this time will work for you next time, possibly. You just can't get yourself in that negative funk. Mm-hmm. And I would like to, you know, encourage anyone, you know, it's okay to have, you know, you're going to have your, you know, your bad thoughts to, you know, every once in a while, but you can't fester in that. You can't stay in that. Mm-hmm. You have to stay positive and, and read things and podcasts and, you know, whatever motivational way to keep you going. I strongly encourage to do that because Mm -hmm. there's a lot that's going on in the world and not just, you know, make sure to be stay positive too. Yeah. I love how you have reframed stay in your lane as a positive thing. (laughs) Speaking of being positive, right? Because stay in your lane isn't generally used in a positive context if someone's instructing you to stay in your lane, right? And so I love that reframe. Yeah. And that, and that way of looking at the positives. And I think that just like anything, like you talked about your competitiveness, everything has positives and negatives, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I love that reframe. Well, Erica, I love hearing your story. You're so inspirational and, you know, because I've read about your story, but like to hear you really talk about it and it comes to life. It's just so inspirational. Is there anything else that you would want to share with people who are listening? Um, Well, let's see, just make sure that you surround yourself around a bunch of positive people 
create your army mm-hmm. and whatever that army looks like, just always remember that you cannot do this alone. There's nothing wrong with asking mm-hmm. for help. And then also make time for yourself. Be self-aware. Becoming self-aware creates healthy boundaries. So I just want to make sure that we, you know, mm-hmm. that we all are uh, helping each other, supporting each other, loving each other, and however aspect you know mm-hmm. that comes in. But just continue to stay positive. Love yourself before anyone else. Mm. <laughs> you got to love yourself and become self-aware because the more you know about yourself, the more you know you can handle everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to read your book, the chapter that you wrote? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, I can be found. I have a website, ericanmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C-A N. M-U-S-I-C.com. All of my information is on there. Um, I also linked through Greek University, but we can also find our book on Amazon. You just mm-hmm. uh, look up Letters to Leaders as well. But the quickest way is my website because you can also email me. You can reach out to me if you have any questions or if you would like for me to speak on your campus or however you want to talk. Mm-hmm. You just want to talk one-on-one. I am always here for everyone. <laughs> but that is how I can be reached. Okay. Sounds good. And I'll definitely put your contact, your website in the show notes so everyone can connect with you and also be on the podcast website. So Erica, thank you so, so much for joining me today for this lovely conversation. I think that everyone will be very inspired by it to hear about how you've overcome so much and just continue to go and continue to succeed and best wishes with your MBA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You stay blessed as well. All right. Thanks, Erica. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast. Please like, subscribe, or follow the show so you'll be notified when the next episode is available. I hope you'll join me again next time. Take care.